Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened when my best friend was 17 and a half, and I was 17, in 1996. My best friend Chrissy and I are both smaller females. She's 5'4 and at the time weighed 110 pounds, but was a soccer player, very athletic and strong. I am 5'7 and at the time I weighed about 125 pounds. We are both blue-eyed blondes and were often asked if we were sisters or cousins. Now, there's a large reservoir on the outskirts of her town surrounded by a beautiful public park. We figured that we'd be fine to walk around in the park because lots of people go hiking there after all. I had gotten some really good quality weed and we were looking forward to finding a peaceful place to smoke some out in nature. I had my pipe ready in my pocket and we were pretty stoked. We chose to go out on a Saturday. It was a beautiful sunny day and there were not many people there either. We parked her car by the reservoir in the mostly vacant lot that had two other cars in it. We didn't see anybody when we got there either. We walked around the water for a bit and then chose a trail to go up. It was about 80 degrees out and we were sweating but we had some water in my small day pack. As we got about a quarter mile or so into the trail, I started having a bit of a weird feeling. I looked at her and quietly asked, Hey, um, do you feel like something is off here? Everything's really quiet where there were usually crickets chirping and frogs singing, it was absolutely silent. She looked at me and said, yeah, I think so. And then we heard some crackling of leaves about 60 feet behind us, 
and a bit to the left. We didn't see anybody at the time, so we continued forward. We were getting pretty nervous, and we both heard the crackling again, this time a little bit closer. We still did not see anyone, though. Each time we would continue forward, we would hear footsteps a little bit more behind us, and at this point, I thought that we were being stalked. There was a turn off to the left which led to a clearing by a large rock about maybe 12 feet high with a large sturdy rope anchored on it to climb up to the top. It was a part of a steep hillside off the cliff and the rope to climb it was anchored to the ground as well so no one could really move it or anything. So I told her, we need to get up to that rock now and we need high ground. She nodded and went up first with me right behind her. We flew up that rock, clinging to the rope tightly and going as fast as we could. When we reached the top, we turned around to see an older man, probably about 45 with a slighter build, wearing a, a jacket, jeans and glasses, coming into the clearing. He was about 20 feet away and he looked at us with a cold, vacant expression that I'll never forget. I got goosebumps looking at him and... I shouted, hi, will you please leave us alone? We're trying to have some privacy here. He made no response and with a blank expression slowly started walking towards the rope which led to the top of the rock. My friend at this point was really scared and asked, what do we do? I saw a large rock about eight foot and almost square to my right so I grabbed it. I was surprised at how heavy it was but... My adrenaline was going, so I lifted it pretty easily. I told her, look around for the biggest rocks you can find, quickly. Move them next to us. Hold the biggest one. If that guy tries to come up, we throw them at him and hit him as hard as we can. Aim for his head. Fortunately, there was a, a pile of sort of sizable rocks behind us to the left. Like someone had made a ring to hold a fire on the top of the rock there and then move them away or whatever. She brought a few over and held a large one herself. My friend and I stood close to the edge of the rock, holding our makeshift weapons. I looked down to the base of the rock where the guy was considering the rope. He looked up at us again with very cold blue eyes and no expression. Then he reached his hand for the rope. I shouted loudly, Do not come up here. If you try to come up here, you're going to get really hurt. We're aiming for your head with these rocks, so get away from us. I held the rock close to my chest so that he could see it. My friend was next to me doing the same thing, and we had a pile of more rocks as well. He blinked his eyes and cocked his head a little bit, then released his hand from the rope and silently backed away. He backed to the edge of the clearing, backed through the brush, still watching us and walking backwards. And then we heard his crunching footsteps go back through the woods until we couldn't hear him anymore. We stayed on the rock for about another 20 minutes, maybe a bit more, watching and waiting. There was no other way to access the rock except for the steep hillside covered with poison oak, so we didn't think that he'd try it. And plus, we'd be able to hear him if he did anyway. After we didn't hear anything for like 20 minutes, we decided to make a break for her car. We threw several rocks down the road and mine hit the dirt with a particularly satisfying thud. Chrissy went first down while I was watching, just in case he came back. 
When I was scaling down the rock, she was holding a rock, getting ready to throw it full force if he returned. Fortunately, he didn't. We each grabbed the largest rock that we could carry, put a few smaller ones in our pockets for good measure, and then we headed back to her car on the trail, very carefully and quietly. The crickets were chirping again, so we felt that he had left, but we were still extremely cautious. We did make it back to her car with that incident, and we quickly left. And that was the last time that I've ever hiked in that park. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So about three years ago, I was living with my mum for about a year after a relationship breakdown with an ex. I hadn't had anything like this happen to me before, but I have had quite a few paranormal experiences. Some backstory first. So, since the age of about 10, I used to see what I would call a woman periodically throughout my childhood and into my teens. I would always see her out of the corner of my eye, peering around walls or door frames, and she would always just watch me. When I was younger, it used to freak me out, but I spoke to my mum about it, and she said that it's probably just someone watching over me, so that's what I believed for a very, very long time. Especially as this woman had never made me feel truly scared, threatened, or done anything besides poke its head around a corner and just sort of watch me. No one else ever saw her, and as soon as I'd turn my head to try and see her, she would always disappear. I'd turn away again, and sure enough, her head would reappear out of the corner of my eye again. This happened over the course of about 12 years with no real routine. Sometimes I would see her twice in a week. Then I would see her for six months. Then I'd see her, like, maybe once in a month, and then not for a year or so. I don't really remember, but it was always the same. Just watching, I guess. It's worth noting, too, that this happened in multiple houses and places where I've lived. Anyway, 
Flash forward to 2021, height of the pandemic, and I'd split up from my then-girlfriend and moved back to my mum's for about a year. I don't remember how long I'd been there at that time that this happened, but it sure as heck made me get my own place a lot quicker. So, like most people, I tend to sleep on my front with one arm under my pillow, one leg bent up as this has always been more comfortable for me. I've never slept on my back at all and I've never woken up sleeping on my back either, always on my front side. Anyway, one night I go to sleep as normal, I put a YouTube video on in the background, lights off, sleeping on my front, my bedroom door was always shut for privacy when suddenly I just wake up. Instantly too, I can tell that something is wrong because I'm laying on my back, half propped up on my pillows, almost as if I'd fallen asleep reading a book or on my phone or something. My arms were at my side and the first thing that I saw was my bedroom door was wide open. Now, the layout of the house was sort of split into two. You would walk in the front door and either turn left or right. To the left immediately was the living room with a connecting hallway leading to my mum's bedroom. To the right would have the bathroom directly in front of you, kitchen on the right and my bedroom directly opposite the kitchen on the left. My bed faced the doorway and allowed me to see into the hallway and kitchen when fully open. We lived in a block of flats, apartments for my American friends, so there was a bit of light coming through the frosted glass in the front door from the communal stairwell, which slightly illuminated the hallway in the kitchen. Now, as I've just woken up and I'm already confused as to why I'm awake and why my bedroom door is open... As my eyes adjust, which only took a few seconds given the light, I could see a figure standing in my doorway with its back to the kitchen. Now, as soon as I looked at it, it moved to the right as if heading towards the front door in the living room. Immediately, I started to feel my heart rate rise because did I really just see something? As I'm sat there processing everything that's happening, and the off feeling that I had, this thing slowly comes back into view and is just standing directly in my doorway watching me. Now, I don't know how I knew, but my brain instantly made the connection to what I'd seen growing up, and I knew that this was the same thing that I'd seen watching me when I was younger. Except now, I felt scared. I felt threatened. I couldn't focus on what the body of this woman or thing looked like because all I could focus on was the dark yellow eyes that it had. Now, given that it was dark and I usually wear glasses as I have very short-sighted vision, so the fact that I could even see the color of its eyes really brought me to attention. I have never felt primal fear before this moment. I've heard and read stories about people saying that they experienced primal fear and just assumed that it was just another level of scared. I've never been so wrong though. Honestly, I felt like prey. I felt like I was about to die. That's when I started crying, silently though. I couldn't make any noise really and it just wasn't coming out I guess and I couldn't move either. People I've told this experience to say that it was sleep paralysis, but I know for a fact that it wasn't. But as I'm trying to shout out for my mum, 
Nothing but air comes out. This thing starts like walking or floating. I'm not even sure, but it made its way into my room. It made the 10-foot frame from the doorway to my bed and then moved around to the far side of my bed. It was a king-size one and I always slept on the right side nearest the door. I must have had some wrappers or something on the floor because I could hear it rustling the plastic or stepping on whatever was on the floor. I'm still pretty much paralyzed and crying with fear at this point. This thing just stood next to the left side of my bed and just watched me. Now, the reason that I know that this wasn't sleep paralysis was because I managed to roll onto my right side, facing away from whatever was now standing next to my bed, and I laid there for maybe three to five minutes. It felt much longer than that at the time, but that's pretty much what I gauged before I blacked out. People wake up from sleep paralysis. They don't black out, right? So that's another thing. But that was the last thing that I remember before waking up like usual on my side, bedroom door closed and daylight coming through my curtains. Everything felt normal. Now, obviously I had trouble sleeping for about two weeks after this, terrified about seeing that woman again, but just as soon as I started to forget about it and started sleeping regularly again, I was randomly awoken again one night. Now this time was different because I woke up on my front in the recovery position, how I would normally sleep. I was in a deep sleep and had been asleep for hours, but my immediate reaction as soon as I opened my eyes was to look over my shoulder behind me, and I nearly jumped out of my skin when I saw a face inches from mine shoot back into the darkness. I didn't know what to do, so... I just sort of rolled over, went back to sleep because I just didn't want to deal with whatever this was. I don't know if it was the same thing that walked into my room a week or two previously, but whatever it was made my natural instincts kick in. Wake up, look for danger. I must have felt whatever it was right next to me, and as soon as I saw it, it just backed away into the darkness. I haven't seen the demon woman or had anything similar happen since then. I'm hoping that whoever or whatever has been watching me since I was 10, I'm now 25 by the way, got as close as it wanted to me and has decided in the end to just leave me alone. It's been two years roughly since this happened, so I'm praying that whatever it was stays away. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So, 
I had a pretty creepy experience with my friends in the woods this past weekend. For some context, me and my friends like to be in the forestry part of my state and just sort of hang out there. It's more peaceful to us and cooler looking, so... Anyway, when we got out there, we normally go down this one road that's pretty out of the way from everything. No houses on it and no street lights, and it stretches for miles with thick woods on either side. This one night, it was just me and my one friend who has never been down this road before, so I decided to show it to him. We start driving down it, and I'm pretty far into it when I see a reflection of what looks like a license plate of a car, so I'm sort of confused because cars are never on this road, especially not at night time. So I decided to go a little bit past it, and it turns out to be practically a brand new Mustang on the side of the road. So I find it strange and turn around and go home. The following weekend comes around and me and my friends who frequent the road go down it. And the Mustang is there again. But this time it's in a different spot with a white towel sticking out of the window. We find it odd and check it out to make sure that no one needs help or anything like that. And the inside looks new as well. So we brush it off but keep it in the back of our minds at this point. The next day we go back and it's again in a different spot but still has the white towel sticking out of the window. So this time I take a picture of the plates and try to run them but notice that it's parked in the only spot on the road where there's no service. Which is really weird so we start driving back towards home to get a connection and I run on the plates but nothing really comes up with an internet search. We decided to stake out the car and see if someone comes to get it. So that night rolls around and we're sitting in my friend's car trying to look at this Mustang that's about 100 feet in front of us when me and my friend decided to get out and go take a look with our flashlights. We walk up to the car but there's really nothing weird about it. We don't hear anything. There's like no bugs or anything either. We decided to walk into this little clearing in the woods that I knew about and sort of take a look around. As we're standing there yelling hello and we like your Mustang, we start to hear whispers it seems and see movement and then all of a sudden me and my friend think we hear our friends talking so at that we start to run back to the car and we hear footsteps behind us following us. We get back and they said that they weren't talking that loud and from that far away we wouldn't be able to hear anything anyway. My friend driving decides to drive up to the side of the Mustang to where his lights are shining on the driver's side door and my one friend jokingly starts to video this. We don't see anything and so in the end we just head back. But when we check back on the video you can clearly see a person just standing there in the woods and there's another person that you can't clearly make out but they're behind a tree i don't know what's going on with that mustang and i don't know what those people are doing down there but the whole thing seems really weird it's been about 10 years since this happened but I still remember things pretty clearly. I should know too that this is told from my perspective, and I wish that I could get my mother's perspective on it as well. 
She just doesn't remember the events as well as I do, I guess. But for context, I lived in a mid-sized city in the southern United States, where the main thing to do at that time was to go to the mall. Sure, we had movie theaters and a couple of bowling alleys, but besides that, there really wasn't much to the city. My mum worked at a department store located in the mall, though, and having nothing better to do, I would regularly go and sit in the break room while she worked. It gave me a reason to get out of the house, and if I wanted to, I was allowed to walk around the mall or get something to snack on in the food court. Honestly, though, I was shy and preferred to just stay cooped up in the break room, playing video games on my Nintendo 3DS. My mum's co-workers were generally very sweet to me and frequently popped in to say hello or just to check on me during the downtime. If I was lucky enough to go with my mum on weekends, I could usually convince my mum to pick up my friend as well. We were actually dating, but since we were both goth girls, I didn't want that to get out, just to go along with us. Going to the mall meant that I was free from doing any chores at home and it was a cheap way to sneak a secret date in every now and then. My girlfriend, though, never really liked staying in the break room with me. She always wanted to walk around the mall. I should note, too, that she really enjoyed taking walks, so it wasn't out of the ordinary to want to do this at the mall as well. I just didn't like walking as much as she did, I guess, so I tried to weasel my way out of it whenever I could. I could usually convince her to just walk over to a nearby store and look around or to just go grab something from the food court rather than walking, but I noticed pretty quickly that she wasn't trying to actually get me to walk around. She just didn't want to be in the break room for whatever reason. Now, my girlfriend was more perceptive to things than I was, and I assumed that she just didn't like the ambience of the break room for some reason. For a little while, I let it go too, but... Eventually, I got frustrated and asked directly what was really bothering her about the break room. I thought she was going to tell me that it was just too cramped or the lights randomly cutting off made her uneasy. The things that bothered me about it too, but no. What she told me was that she heard things in the ceiling, like someone was walking around in there. I had learned from my mother that there was a room in the ceiling, but it wasn't for walking around in. It was for maintenance. Most of the stuff in there was just wiring and insulation, but technically, someone could be up there. So I told my girlfriend this and said that it was likely an employee up there to try and fix stuff. She said that that was fine, but she didn't really like it and still preferred walking around or sitting in the food court. I understood her discomfort and I wanted to help, so I agreed. We had a really good relationship in the sense of communication and though I got frustrated, I wanted to make sure that she felt comfortable. Later that day, I mentioned what my girlfriend had told me and asked what they were fixing in the ceiling. My mum though just looked distressed and said that they hadn't been up there fixing anything that day, but she wanted me to see something. My mum took me into the receiving room of the department store which was just a room off in the back filled with boxes and random junk the store was going to put out for sale or whatever. But the layout of this room was sort of like an L shape. One part of the L was used for receiving, but the other part was the way into the ceiling. I should clarify for this next part that to get into the ceiling, the store would have to call for the mall's maintenance team. They didn't have a ladder or anything on hand to climb up in there as... 
It would have been a safety hazard. The only thing that this particular area had was a hatch that led into the ceiling, and that was it. So, needless to say, I was horrified to see what appeared to be claw marks leading up the wall to the hatch. I still remember the way that they looked, too. Brown gashes that had been dug into the concrete wall of the receiving room. I asked my mum if it was a prank, but she told me that this wasn't the first time that it had happened, and she had had no way of knowing that I would even ask about it. According to her, these weird carvings had shown up several times over the course of a few months. Each time, the store would call in the mall security and maintenance teams, who would clean the wall up and then go into the ceiling to investigate. Nothing had ever come out from their searches, though, and they eventually gave up dealing with the marks and the issue. The only explanation mall security could give was that it was likely a, a homeless individual who had made their way into the ceiling by sheer willpower and happened to be very good at hiding during the searches. I stopped staying at the mall with my mum after that and anytime I wanted my girlfriend to come over, we found somewhere else to go during the day. Sometimes she'd just come over to my house and we'd watch TV or whatever, but I didn't feel safe going back to the break room after that. I knew that nothing had happened up until that point, but I just didn't want to risk it, honestly. For context, I'm a sophomore in college in a house full of four girls, including myself. We live in the student housing sector and went all out for Halloween decorations, girly ones at that. We live facing towards the main street of the neighborhood, and our backyard has a bunch of trees and bushes. There's also a little trail to the back door, but it is in a really weird place and is away from the main sidewalk. In terms of our actual house, there is a rather large window on our back door, and we didn't have any window coverings, so it was clear as day to see into our whole bottom floor when looking through it. I know that we should have covered it up sooner, but we didn't think that this was an urgent matter. Now one night, my roommate and I were watching a movie and both fell asleep on the couch. I never sleep on that couch and neither does she. It's super uncomfortable. In fact, we both woke up at separate times this night and just decided to stay on the couch rather than walking the 10 steps to our room. Looking back... I feel that it was just a little intuition that we had or even a guardian angel that made us do this. We also had fallen asleep with almost every light imaginable on, so anyone peering through any window could see us on the couch clearly and all of our girly decor. It was about five in the morning and I get woken up by my roommate shaking me saying, B, get up, B, get up, there's somebody trying to get in. I instantly shoot up hearing that see her terrified face looking at the back door, then instantly turn my head. And I see a man standing with a hoodie on, holding a flashlight, trying to pick our lock. I can still remember the scratching noise that he made with, well, whatever he was using. It definitely was not the sound of keys jingling or anything, more of a, a thin wire against metal sound. As we were both staring at him at this point, frozen in fear... He stopped. All three of us were just looking at each other for about a minute when he slowly backed away from the door. 
My first instinct was to run to the door and make sure it was locked. I've never been so scared walking up to a door like that and I never want to feel like that again. We quickly called the police and some friends in the area. The police came about 45 minutes later and they just told us to call if anything else happens. They said that it could be a, a drunk college student or a person with bad intentions but we will never know. I still get a sick feeling thinking about it and hope that it was just a drunk mistake but something tells me that it was not. We quickly installed more cameras, door window stoppers and covers for every part of the house after that. Three weeks later and we actually had a break in but that's a story for another time. I am interested in hearing people's thoughts about this though and if you have any insights as to whether or not this person was just a, a drunk college guy or if they were actually trying to break in. This happened to me years ago when I was about 13 or maybe 14. I grew up in a small to mid-sized city in the west, pretty safe in a quiet middle-class neighborhood. This was back when I was still bought into organized religion and I was going to an overnight lock-in at the church gym. For the non-Christian kids who aren't familiar, it's basically a huge Jesus-focused sleepover for teens. The church was only about a, a 10 to 12 minute walk from my house and the quickest way to get there was to cut across a park right next to the elementary school. This was the early 2000s so... I definitely grew up in the age of stranger danger and teaching girls to always be vigilant. On the other hand, I was walking a short distance through my own neighborhood to the church and I was very responsible for my age. I was an older sister, always the babysitter and my parents had okayed me walking by myself and would drop by with my sleeping bag and pillow after they picked up my little brother from practice. I was running a little bit late so... The sun was just setting as I approached the park. As I crunched my way across the grass next to the tennis courts, I noticed movement out of the corner of my eye. Turning my head, I saw a figure, clearly a man, dressed in dark clothing and leaning against the brick wall of the school. He was kind of tucked into an alcove formed where the building met the fence around the playground, out of sight from the road and... The man was standing just outside of the halo of the light from the lamp above a nearby door. The man was just sort of lounging in the crux of the wall and the fence. But what initially caught my eye was the flicker of the lit cigarette in his mouth. It was too dark to see his features but I could tell as I noticed him that he was already watching me. He was a fair distance away across the grass but it was just open space between us at this point. I couldn't see his eyes but I could feel them on me. I then felt that uneasy tingle creep down my spine. I suddenly realized that I was alone in the growing dark and he was some unknown man tracking me with his eyes that I couldn't make out. Instead of continuing to cut diagonally across the park, I veered right toward the sidewalk and the street so that I wouldn't come too close to him. I walked a little faster, trying to shake off my uneasiness, telling myself, you're just being silly. The first time I glanced back, he hadn't moved, though I could still feel him watching me. 
As I left the grass of the park and approached the street corner, I felt briefly relieved. I was back under the street lamps, which by now had flicked on, only three or four short blocks until I was at the church. I glanced once more to reassure myself that I had worried for no reason, expecting to see nothing. I mean, by now, the man should be completely out of view. Instead, though, I felt the pit of dread in my stomach turn to acidic fear when I realized that the man was in fact halfway across the park now, walking in my direction. I immediately crossed to the other side of the street and began walking faster. At this point, I could feel the adrenaline rushing through me. I didn't have any real words or images to describe what I thought would happen to me, just a jumble of snippets of news reports and vague fears about what happens to young girls out alone at night. I was still trying to convince myself that it could just be a coincidence. The man could just be walking in the same direction. After another block as I approached the next corner, I looked back again. The man had now reached the edge of the park and instead of walking straight ahead, he too had crossed the street to my side. Even worse, it seemed like he had closed some of the distance between us, and to my eyes at least, it seemed like he was walking faster now. I immediately felt my terror increase. At this point, I was convinced that he was a predator, and I had made myself easy prey by being here. I still had two and a half blocks to the church, but at this point, I was wondering whether I would ever make it to the lock-in. I glanced back at the man once more, and... He had closed the gap even further with his longer legs. I still couldn't clearly see his face, but I had seen enough. I turned around and I started all out sprinting up the street. My backpack thumped against my back. My heart raced. My breath turned shallow. I ran all the way to the church parking lot before I looked back again. And by the time that I did, the man was gone. But I could have sworn that... I heard feet slapping the pavement as I was running. To this day, I don't really know if that man was after me, although I do lean on the side that he was, or if he just thought that I was some weird kid running down the street at dusk. Frankly, I'm actually pretty glad to have never found out, one way or the other. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.